So I want to talk a moment about Optio, who's our sponsor for the podcast. Optio helps Google ad managers automate time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on high-level strategy and creative work. Optio analyzes your Google ads performance and suggests new ways you can optimize the account. It helps you stay on top of bids, budgets, keyword management, and ad testing, and it also sends you email alerts if there are any sudden changes in your cost, impressions, clicks, and conversions, all of which will help you a ton. Right now, Optio is offering a special six-week trial for all of you, our listeners. Just go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash S-E-J to get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Search Engine Journal Show. I am your host, Brent Satoris, and today we are joined by Fred Valleys, who is the co-founding CEO of Optimizer, an author, world-recognized speaker, and also used to work at Google for over nine years. Today, we're going to be talking about something a little beyond just ad setup and keyword theory. We're going to be talking about automation, specifically automation layers when applied to your PPC campaigns. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Fred. Thanks for joining me on the show. Really excited to have you. Thanks for having me, Brent. Good to be here. Yeah, it's uh, a topic we've been talking about um, quite a bit lately uh, is around the PPC front. And we've had some discussions about, you know, uh, keyword research and keyword theory. And we've talked a little bit about ad creation. But one of the topics I really wanted to talk to you about is kind of like a more advanced concept. And that's it really revolves around some of the um, Google automation and some of the options that they utilize that you have no ability to opt out of um, around that kind of automation, specifically things like, you know, match type changes or, you know, same meaning close variant changes and things like that. So um, you're one of, you know, the known experts in PPC. You're one of the top ex- experts in the world. And so I wanted to have you on and talk a little bit about this. And so I was hoping maybe you could elaborate, uh, everybody who's listening a little bit, to what are we talking about when we talk about, like, Google automating certain aspects of account management? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's uh, one of my favorite topics here, and I've obviously just written a book on it, basically saying what are people who are PPC experts going to be doing when so much of PPC is becoming automated because of the engines? And, you know, that's an interesting question, but oftentimes it's in the context of, listen, you're given some automation options from Google, so you can decide to manage bids manually the way you always have, or you can decide to go on automated bidding. Right? So it's, it's a choice and it's a transition you make. But then once in a while, something comes along like what you were just saying, which is close variance to match types. And this is basically an automation that you're being forced to take. There's no uh, off button on these things. And so this is driven by machine learning improvements that Google has and by them being able to better figure out what does user actually mean when they type in whatever the query was and, and which advertisers does, does that match to. Uh, but it kind of throws a wrench into the process that PPC experts have because we we kind of know the world to be one way where, you know, Google maybe didn't figure it out perfectly, but now all of a sudden they do figure it out, but not always perfectly. So what are we to do? How do we play in this new world um, where things are constantly changing? Uh, and so one of- I think it also a, a good point is that a lot of times when things do go wrong, there's no real recourse for it, right? Um, you you kind of get a well. We're sorry about that, and and 
that's it, right? So in, in a lot of regards, you know, um, trusting the machine, you know, in, in some ways is kind of a, a nice thing for a lot of people, especially people that don't have the experience. But is this going to be something that, you know, advanced users are going to, you know, embrace in your opinion? Or is this something that truly, you know, kind of the, the elite will kind of work around? Well, yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's This is really built for the people who are not PPC experts. So if you're listening to this show, then you're probably in the camp where you don't like all of these automations quite so much because they don't always get it right. Uh, but where Google's coming from is obviously, listen, there's millions of advertisers who are not advertising, potential advertisers who are not using Google ads because it's too complicated or they, they don't get results, right? And so as Google has this ability to actually use machine learning, to figure it out, that's a huge new market that opens up for them, and that's why they're pushing so heavily into this. Um, but yeah, for the PPC expert listening to this call, I, it's, it's something that we have to keep a close eye on because um, we have gotten pretty good results by doing things manually and using the processes that we have and that we use tools like Optimizer for, for example, right? My company. Um, so one of the concepts that I've recently started talking about is, is automation layering. And it's it's pretty simple concept. It's basically saying, listen, the, the engines, Google, they're going to have their black box methodology that automates whatever it is that they're automating today. Could be keywords, could be bids, could be ad text, whatever it is, right? They're going to use machine learning and they're actually going to do a pretty decent job for the most part. But there's going to be instances when we wish we had a bit more transparency. We understood what was happening inside the black box. And we want to find those one-off instances when the machine is actually getting it wrong for whatever reason. Um, and that's where we can build simple automation that layer on top of the Google system. So automation layering. And these simple automations, uh, they don't even have to be machine learning or artificial intelligence. It could simply be uh, an if this, then that type of uh, logic rule, right? So it says, okay, well, now that Google, and specifically, let's go to close variants, right? So if all of a sudden you see Google starting to show your ads for a close variant exact match keyword and for some reason the the, the results from that are bad or you're seeing it's like uh, semantically too different from the underlying keyword you can put your own automation on top of that that says hey google stop doing that and so now you get like four or five impressions before we have the data to say this is happening but then it shuts it off and so you're protecting yourself and you're still maintaining your role as that ppc expert who's tightly controlling what's happening with that account. Can you walk, can you go one step deeper and, and kind of get into maybe an example of where, um, you know, a close variant, uh, you know, automation would not benefit you or where you'd like to figure out that difference a little closer? And then also how, how would you actually go about applying the layers? Like, is there an option within, like, what does it exactly mean for people who don't get into the, the, this as much um, to apply an automation layer? Are you using a third-party software that's over top of it? Are you using tools within Google? Yeah, and so um, I did write a couple of blog posts on this, and I'm sure we can link them, um, but, but you can find them on Search Engine Journal. Um, maybe let's first explain the close variant thing, right? So I think most people know what we're talking about, but just in case, so um, Google has basically changed how match types work. So back uh, a couple of years ago, you could say, if I have an exact match keyword, that tells Google, I'm only going to show my ad if the user searched exactly those same words that were in my keyword. But then Google said, well, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to have this notion of quote unquote, close variance. When, as how Google explains that is, it's the same meaning, 
right? So there could be a function word or it's a plural, plural or a singular, or in the case of optimizer, my company, like nobody can spell that correctly. So uh, nice for us, but if you do a typo or an exact match keyword of, of our company name, Google is still gonna show the ad. So I don't have to figure out all the different ways people type the name wrong. Um, and that's a good thing, but but when they shifted and they said it's not just about typos, but it's also about quote unquote same meaning, now we get into kind of uh, risky territory. And so uh, one example that I saw from Google was they said, if you have the keyword floral arrangements, that may now match to something like arranging flowers because it's the same meaning. And that's what the machine learning system says. But if you think about that for a second as a human and you think between floral arrangement and arranging flowers, well, I think if you're searching floral arrangement, you're probably looking for a florist to go and buy something that's already made for you, right? Yeah, you're like a product. Exactly. Whereas if you search for arranging flowers, I mean, what comes to your mind? Yeah, it's you're, you're trying to learn how to make your own arrangement, right? You're exactly. Trying, or, so or how to set them up in your house or how to put them on a counter. It's like more decorative. Exactly. So you're not going to spend money with someone to do this, right? So... And that's where the problem comes in, because now all of a sudden, well, yeah, you could argue that maybe it's kind of the same meaning or they're looking for kind of the same thing. But in one case, they're going to spend a lot of money. In the other case, they're going to spend almost no money. And so you can't value that at the same level, right? And so now you need to monitor that because this automation, this scenario is now a possibility, even if you had tightly controlled exact match keywords in the past. And we used to have this problem a lot when I, I used to have an infographic company, and I still do a little bit on the side, but I mean, we used to do a lot. And um, infographic creation versus creating infographics was, you know, just really different, right? I mean, yeah. the way you would phrase something would really put a purchase intent versus a, a learning intent. So, so this is something, you know, for people that are listening, this is something that Google's doing and you have no way of opting out of, right? I mean, just, there's no way of going around this. It's just happening at a root level, correct? Exactly. And so... It is, in fact, expanding. So Google has been uh, doing this since 2014. Is the first introduction of close variants of keywords. And so, again, backing up even more before then, but we had our phrase match, broad match, and exact match keywords. And then Google introduced broad match modified, which gave a little bit more control to advertisers. It was a really good change. Um, but then they said, well, you know, there's, there's just too many unique ways that people search. And this is probably one of the oldest stats coming out of the Google AdWords or Google Ads ecosystem. But they, they basically say 20% of the searches being done are new. Um, now, there's usually an asterisk with that number. And, and, and then they say, OK, well, they're new over the course of a week or 90 days. Right. But, but the point is. People are very creative when it comes to formulating a query, and it's really difficult for advertisers to capture each one of those ways that someone may formulate it. And by the way, then you have a separate thing. And so in my days at Google, we actually um, at one point got very close to the ad system uh, when it was quite successful, but, but, but we were very close to it shutting down because technically it was just like crunching under its own weight. There were way too many keywords being entered into the system. Um, and so Google wasn't able to maintain the, the speed of finding the right ad to put it on the page uh, because they have a requirement. They say if the ads don't come back in a certain amount of time, then we just don't show ads on the page. Uh, and this would have been a horrible, horrible thing for business, obviously, if no ads could show up anymore. Mm -hmm. So so what we did was we said, well, we're going to have this notion of um, keywords that are suspended due to low search volume. 
right? So you can put in any keyword you want, but if we think as Google that, yeah, there's maybe like two or three searches a month happening for this, that's not enough. Let's just put that on uh, those search volume. So you'll see it in the account, but it's not actually active in, this, in, in the ad serving system. And so that was a way to protect the system from, um, you know, crunching under its own way. And, um, but, but that now puts us in a position where, okay, well, we have on the one side, users are very creative in how they search. Google doesn't allow you to put in each of these specific variations. So you have to rely on systems like uh, phrase match, broad match, and now close variants for you to fully capture that additional 20% of volume that's out there. Um, and, and that's why they're doing this. And that, that's why we all have to look at how do we live in this new sort of world. So what is the option for kind of putting this additional layering on there? Like, how do you actually go about doing that in order to yeah. solve some of these issues? Yeah, so uh, exactly. So automation layering. So how do you uh, take action on this? So there's a couple of levels, right? So um, if, if you think, first of all, about how Google works. So Google, when it makes decisions about what it considers to be a close variant, um, it's basically using machine learning and it's using uh, percentages of similarity. And so they may say something like, okay, well, this query seems to be 85% similar to the keyword that you had. Now, it's up to Google to decide whether that 85% meets the threshold for showing the ad or it doesn't. That's something they control. Um, now, in automation layer, layering, you can actually step in and you can do your own sort of metrics analysis. So you could say, well, we don't care so much about the um, how closely it's related, but we're going to look at the stats, right? So let Google show these close variants. But if we see that they perform at a much lower level of conversion rate or they have a much higher CPC, then we want to step in, take action, and make it a negative. And so one specific way you can do this is through automated rules in the Google ad system, or you could build a Google ad script. And I've published some ad scripts you can pick up for free from uh, SCJ and Search Engine Land, um, my GitHub, you can get it all there, um, right? So that that's sort of the very hands-on technical way to do it. Obviously you could use the much simpler uh, options that we have in our tool optimizer, um, but then you have to pay a little bit of money to use that tool, right? But, but the notion is simply, so you say, if a query that is a close variant is showing these performance attributes, then automatically make it a negative keyword. Or at the very least, send me an email about it so that I know this is happening, right? And then I can still make my own human judgment uh, about whether I should keep that as a close variant, or maybe I should just add it as its own keyword, but just put a lower bid on it because maybe it's not performing at the same level. So. That's interesting. Uh, I was just going to say, like, essentially, you would turn around and then find the negative keyword angle from it and just kind of block it from coming off. But another thing I think that's interesting here is that we're talking about being able to determine what performs, but there's another aspect here, and that's being able to improve upon your account, right? A lot of people who are in account, you know, I don't know one company that I've been with where there hasn't been a PPC department that's, you know, how, how, how can you do better? How can you perform better? And I, it feels like if you if you can't really get granular about how you're performing at those micro levels, then how are you going to strategize an improvement for your CEO or your boss or whatever else? Exactly. And I mean, so yeah, there's obviously like two levels of improvement. You get those micro improvements that you can do. And then 
thanks to automation, you can obviously also start spending time on the more strategic tasks because you don't have to worry about every single keyword that's out there. And, and really, so when I think about the future of the PPC role, it's not about us doing a lot of manual work to stay on top and in control over these Google automation systems, but it's about being smart and, and layering on your own automation, whether it's through a script or through a tool or, or some other thing that you, or, or an API solution that you build if you're a really big company, right? But, but you have to basically be on top of what those automations are doing um, and then take that time that you say and be more strategic, right? And so more strategic could be which of the new ad formats are worth testing, um, right? Or how do we better understand the consumer journey or how do we better uh, do attribution modeling so that we're actually valuing the right things and shifting dollars towards the things that make sense. And then when it comes to, you know, which actual query is somebody typing in, great, let Google's machine learning figure that out. They've invested millions of dollars in it. They're really good at it, but you do want to stay on top of it. You don't just want to say, oh, go and do it and I'll never check in because if that's what happened, if, if that's what you do, you know, it could work out well, but it could also work out horribly. And you hear both of those scenarios. So you just have to, you have to monitor it. And now let's take a short break to talk a little bit about our sponsor. So I want to talk a moment about Optio, who's our sponsor for the podcast. Optio helps Google ad managers automate time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on high-level strategy and creative work. Optio analyzes your Google ads performance and suggests new ways you can optimize the account. It helps you stay on top of bids, budgets, keyword management, and ad testing. And it also sends you email alerts if there are any sudden changes in your cost, impressions, clicks, and conversions all of which will help you a ton. Right now, Optio is offering a special six-week trial for all of you, our listeners. Just go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash S-E-J to get started. And with that, let's get back into our episode. This, this might be a little off, off of this initial topic, but I'm quite curious to hear your take on um, kind of this concept of audiences, right? We, we saw that, you know, um, Facebook really went in this direction, right? Psychographic targeting and, and creating lookalike audiences and stuff. And, and those became quite effective uh, in utilizing social paid, you know, uh, campaigns. It really was effective in finding audiences. So I know um, I saw some, some documentation a while back that Bing had started do, u- utilizing audiences and some of that technology inside their um, you know, ad system. And I don't know whether Google's using anything like that, but there has been some you know, discussions that that would be a place in a direction to go. Do you see that coming? And do you see that as a, a, an issue that's going to make this even more complicated? Yeah, and it's funny because some people at one point were saying, hey, keywords are dead. It's all about audiences, um, which was the new game in town. But, but obviously, like, keywords are such a specific way that the user um, expresses their intent. And that is oftentimes more valuable than the audience. But uh, but yeah, Google does have audience capabilities that you can layer on top of search. Um, and so audiences exist in many flavors, right? There's the very basic demographic. Uh, if Google knows if it was a man or a woman, certain age range, uh, household income in certain cases, whether they're a new parent, all of that stuff can be really useful. And, and obviously you think about certain verticals, right? Like, listen, if you're going to sell uh, diapers, then you want to know if there was a new member in that household. That might be uh, a good signal to target. Uh, but but ultimately, you're still going to primarily target, you know, the keywords like uh, 
uh, buy cheap diapers or buy organically compostable diapers, the types of things that people will search for. Um, but then by knowing that, you know, for a query like diapers, are we talking about a 65-year-old person looking for diapers or a 30-year-old person looking for diapers? Right? There's two kinds of diapers in the world, and this signal probably tells you a little bit about what kind of diaper you want to put out in that ad. Um, and so certainly use those audiences. They are available. Um, and it can weed out some of the, the less relevant traffic. Um, insurance comes to mind as well, right? I mean, if you're going to sell insurance, chances are people under the age of 18 are not really going to be buying their own insurance. So maybe that's kind of a waste of money for some pretty expensive keywords. So we, we talked a little bit about uh, close variants, right, which is, is something that I think a lot of people are really interested in and paying attention to right now as it's a big part of their ad system and kind of targeting. But is there any other, you know, basically automated aspects that Google's kind of forcing you down that you, you can work around or, or is that pretty much the, the main issue that people are dealing with? Yeah, I mean, so on the targeting side, that would be the main one. Um, you have a lot more options. So automated bidding is probably the biggest thing people talk about when it comes to automation. Um, but you do have the option of not using it. Now, not using bid automation at any level, I think, is just completely the wrong thing to do. And again, I've blogged about this. It's a very specific blog post that basically says, um, if you're not doing automated bidding of any sort, you're doing it wrong. Right. And so I'm not saying you have to use smart bidding from Google, but I am saying, again, you have to layer some level of automation on top of your manual process. Right. You can't do these things uh, manually at the scale, at the efficiency that uh, that a machine learning system like Google's could do it. And, and audiences actually kind of ties into this. Right. Because the reason that audiences and audience targeting is even possible today, it's because of machine learning. It's because the machine is really good figuring out these disparate signals but how they kind of like if you put it all together like where do we start to see commonalities what is it these hundreds of factors that define who a user is like which of these factors are actually meaningful and how does that correlate from one type of um, advertiser industry to another one and so on the fly it can actually start figuring out okay this might be a good user because we have like a 72 percent probability um, that it matches certain attributes that we've seen in the past to lead to conversions. And, uh, and, and so, uh, yeah, I think with all but that it, machine but learning... It, but if you could add on to that audience knowledge, the fact that you have the ability to determine which close variants are actually working for you, then it just allows you to fine-tune that even further. Exactly. And, and so that's then the other point about close variants. So, um, and there's really a couple of things you got to do to really be ready for close variants. First of all, you got to start automating some of your bidding. And it doesn't matter how you do it, but that bid automation has to start looking at the close variants of the exact match and start treating them separately. So if you use smart bidding from Google, they handle that for you because they will say, okay, here's a close variant. That's the same meaning. But we understand it's kind of like not that close to the same meaning. So maybe it's only going to convert 50% as well. So they automatically set a lower bid and you're fine because you've told Google your target CPA and they're still going to try to work uh, to, to, to meet that goal that you've set, right? So that's step number one. Step number two is you have to make sure you have the correct uh, attribution model in place. If you're going to use something like last click attribution, while well, you're going to ignore everything in the early stages of the consumer journey, 
or in the upper funnel. And that is bad, right? Because if you're not having that touch point in the early stages, well, then the consumer is not going to be on your audience remarketing list, for example. Um, and that prospect, as they move down the journey or down the path, you will ignore them. And and so kind of what was interesting was when people were manually managing bids and keywords and everything, it was fine because you would look at a keyword. Let me give you an example, right? So say that you're selling <clears throat> athletic shoes, sneakers. Um, okay, so you have the keyword Adidas Ultra Boost 19, very specific search. You probably see conversions happening right after that. So if you look at your reports in Google Ads, you say, oh, this is a great keyword. Let me bid more for it. Now, on the flip side, you look at some people looking for queries or doing queries like uh, sneakers, quite generic, not expressing a brand affinity or anything. Um, and so probably very few people type in sneakers and then go and buy something right away. So maybe they research, they figure out the brand they like, maybe they figure out they need running shoes, specific colors, uh, men versus women, et cetera. And so they, they go down that path. But that initial keyword that they searched for sneakers doesn't get any credit in last click attribution. And so um, now a human, when doing manual bid management, you look at that and you say sneakers, zero conversions, thousands of dollars of cost. Do you turn that keyword on or off? Well, you probably keep it on because you realize sneakers is actually super relevant to what you sell. Well, machine learning is not that smart. It just looks at the metrics and it says, oh, thousands of dollars are spent, no conversions because you're not attributing any conversions at this uh, upper funnel. So let's just get rid of that keyword or let's just bid it down. And so now the wrong thing starts to happen because you're basically uh, narrowing the, the, the upper funnel and fewer people go down the funnel and eventually you get fewer sales because people are no longer exposed to your brand in the beginning. Um, and, and so that's why you have to look at having a better attribution model that values some of the initial uh, touch points because the machine is not smart enough to, to know what is actually relevant and it would just hurt your business if you didn't do that. That's really interesting. It also happens in other places too, like with analytics and other places. We, we see that happen a lot where companies start focusing on kind of like the wrong metrics and it can drive you down decision-making that takes you in the, you know, in the wrong way. And so when, when you're able to override that, it's great. But when you have machine learning or just processes that you know, kind of make those decisions for you, you definitely don't have the clear override opportunity. You know? Exactly. Very, very interesting. So, hey, uh, we kind of ran to, the, to the, the end of our time, but I, I feel like this is a topic that a lot of people are going to want to you know, learn a lot more about, especially about you know, kind of um, how to utilize uh, tools like you know, yours, like Optimizer or any other scripts or anything, because there's definitely, um, in my mind, there's no way I would be trying to manually do this. It just seems like it would be a headache for me. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of other listeners are in the same place. How do people find you? you know, I mean, obviously, they... There's optimizer and that's o p t m y z r dot com. Um, that's you know the site where people can go and check out your tool. But how do people find you? Where are you writing? How do they follow you and, and contact you and, and get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, I'm Silicon Valleys on Twitter. Uh, that's Silicon like the chip and then V A L L A E Y S on Twitter. And then uh, you can just look me up. I write for Search Engine Journal once a month, Search Engine Land once a month. Um, and then I speak at a lot of conferences, HeroConf, SMX, PubCon, all of those. So uh, if you're there, definitely come say hello. I'd love to hear your stories about how PPC is working out. 
Um, and then, like you said, Optimizer, that's the tool that we built. Uh, we've been doing that for about five years now, and it, it's been great. I mean, we're just taking these principles and what's happening in the industry and trying to have a quick response to uh, to help people do it better and, and basically save time, right? This is the, the main thing for us is how do we save you time doing the things you know you should be doing, but you probably don't have enough time in the day given your client load, given how big your business is. Um, and then I also wrote a book to anyone who's got a little bit more time digital marketing in an ai world um, and that's on amazon it's on kindle paperback so uh, grab a copy of that and it's basically talking about how you'll future proof your ppc career given all these uh, rapid changes coming out of the engines very very cool i'm a huge fan of uh the future in ai especially when it comes to augmented reality so um which was kind of weird because i just recently went and they invited me out to do um the um not the oculus rift what's the other one um the magic leap so i just got invited to go test the magic leap stuff and i was just really so disappointed it was just it was so not anywhere close to where i i i'm expecting things to be um augmented reality just seems to really um be struggling to find that that one kind of like get past this one major roadblock of just kind of not feeling um you know, not feeling symmetrical, not feeling like it's a part of your vision, not, you know, I'd it almost makes me feel like I'd rather go into a virtual reality uh, than augmented reality just in case of the technology right now. But I'm super excited about it. And I think it's going to be really important. I just think that we're not not quite there yet. Yeah, no, and that's fascinating, right? Because I think this is the place where then advertisers are going to have to worry about, okay, now that there's augmented reality, like, how does that change ad formats? How does that change targeting now? The it's no longer just where's the user located, but physically, like, what are they looking at? And if that happens to be your shop, like, what do you tell them? So I, I think this is super, this is such an exciting space because technology is moving so rapidly. And what we as advertisers have to do to stay on top is, um, I mean, I love it. But uh, but it just, it also means we got we to gotta stop being in the weeds, let the machines handle some of the, uh, uh, the uh, you know, the details and then just build your own systems on top of it so that the machine does run amok and you actually get to uh, relax and think a little bit about the, the future, figure out how you fit into that. Well, I think we're going to have to have another show and talk uh, in the future and talk a little bit about what it looks like, you know, 10 years down the road with all of these technologies uh, highly adopted. And I think that would be an interesting conversation. So we'll, we'll follow up and, and get that out for everybody because I'm sure everybody would appreciate listening to that. Fred, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Great information. Uh, really had a great time. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Brent. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Cheers. Cheers.